All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I've got Emma, who is passionate about three things, branding, community building, and ideas. As the head of marketing at Wattpad, she brings these passions together to create marketing strategies that tell Wattpad's rich story to its millions of users around the world. She's also committed to building communities that give back. She volunteers for the Coaching Fellowship, a nonprofit that provides massively discounted executive coaching for extraordinary young women leaders in roles of impact around the globe. She is the co-founder of Reset, an immersive digital detox camp experience for adults that has run events annually since 2015. And she spent seven years as an avid TEDster working on and leading the programming team for TEDx Toronto. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We should set context. We're here in the beautiful Wattpad. Do we call them? Do we call it HQ or studios? Uh, HQ. HQ. Yeah. Um, yeah, because studios is the whole other, whole other, part whole of other the part of it. Yeah, we'll get into it into that. But before that, let's talk about you and. You know, like, who are you? What defines you as, as Emma? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, when I think about myself, I always go back to a moment I had at my last job interview before I came to Wattpad where the founder of the company asked me to describe myself in three words. Okay, let's do it. And I was put on the spot, obviously, and thought to myself, okay, first thing I said is smart. Awesome. Trying to get this job. Yeah. And I said, oh, shouldn't be too overconfident here. So I said, humble. And then I said, ah, oh, I got to like really round this out with something good. So I said gentle, not gentle, sorry, kind. Yeah. Um, and he really liked that answer and I ended up getting the job. So that was great. But I go back to when put on the spot, how would I describe myself? Yeah. Yeah. Smart, humble, kind. I love it. And I, I mean, we've had a few conversations now and I can obviously see that that comes, it shines through your personality. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, something that runs through your veins, it seems like whether it's the volunteer work you're doing, the work you're doing here at Wattpad, is just this sense of community. Yeah. And, you know, from like real grassroots, local in-person community to literally millions of people around the world on, from a Wattpad perspective, yeah. like where, where in your life did that come from? It's a great question. I grew up in a smaller city on the east sure. coast of Canada, so I don't know that I would say I had a large community growing up. I wasn't in a big city. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it was uh, feeling a little isolated growing up as a teenager in particular. Um, my mother had cut my hair really short when I was in grade five and okay. so grew back as like this giant afro, which kids are not the nicest Thanks, about Mom. physical appearance. Yeah. <laughs> So I think part of it was I retreated a little bit into the internet, um, okay. which is so it's really interesting. I've, my whole career has mostly been in digital marketing okay. and advertising. Um, and there I found community. I, I, you know, I was writing stories about Harry Potter and I made friends with people all around the world. Some people were in India, some were in Texas, some were in, you know, Vancouver. And I'm still friends with those people to this day. Love it. And I think for me, it just, it was so wonderful to connect and feel less alone. Yeah. Um, which also feels very like full circle now that I work at a company called Wattpad that is an online story platform for people to connect over stories. Yeah, totally. But do you think, I'm curious, like just growing up, growing up in, in the East, 
because my impression of smaller communities that for sure they're not big, obviously, yeah. in the in the sense of a scale like a city like Toronto, but the sense of like going deep in in the community. I'm again, I'm projecting. I'm assuming it would be strong. Like, yeah. Does yeah. any of that? Do you feel like any of that overflows into your work now? I wonder if it was because like. I think that's very true of smaller communities that we were in that weird in between of like a small city. Okay. So there's a little bit of that impersonal nature. And then there's also like, you know, not quite as big to be surrounded and find people that you have maybe shared interest in person. Yeah. Um, totally. I resonate. I'm from Sudbury. So I resonate. From yeah. Small, small place. But I think what I've taken from growing up on the East coast and I love it. Um, and I love going back to visit family there for sure, is that camaraderie that East Coasters have and sort of the shared inside jokes about who we are and whether the stereotypes are true or not, you know, you kind of lean into them sometimes. Totally. Love it. So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about uh, Wattpad just for people that may not know what it is. Can you provide just a, a quick overview of what you guys are doing over here? Yeah, so Wattpad is an online social storytelling platform it means that anyone can sign up for free to read or write stories, uh, whatever stories you want, original stories. We've got a lot of romance. We've got sci-fi, thriller, horror, um, fan fiction as well. So okay. all kinds. Um, and that the company has been around for over 13 years. And we've grown a user base of 80 million users around the world in almost every country in over 50 languages. So it's massive. Um, and as part of that, we've started to realize the power of stories. So you mentioned Wattpad Studios earlier. Mm -hmm. We have a division of our business that now takes those stories and working really closely with the authors, goes out and pitches them to TV, film, and book publishing. Yeah. And then this last year, we launched our own book imprint. So we've gone full circle there in terms of um, taking, you know, initially being the disruptor of publishing, now actually getting into publishing ourselves. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, what I like about it, too, is that just this, again, coming full circle right back to community is how involved the community is, right? In the sense of, like, uh, correct me if I've never written a book on Wattpad. I'm more of a, I am writing a book, but it's more nonfiction right now. So, um, but it's people write it with the community, right? Like the community comments and kind of directs or helps shape some of the, the flow or the natural evolution of the story absolutely yeah it's um it's a powerful tool for writers because writing can be a very isolating activity as a writer and also for readers it's actually a very individual activity and what Wattpad does is make it social on both sides so we encourage writers to post chapter by chapter not upload an entire book at once and kind of find your following as you're as you're posting that and then as fans are commenting you know, maybe it's good feedback in terms of like, oh my gosh, I really love this thing, but like, what happened to that person? And you're like, oh my gosh, plot hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So we've had writers say that um, the feedback has been super helpful in helping them shape the story, or a lot of the times it's just encouragement um, and, you know, really makes them feel like there's a, a responsibility to their fans to keep posting that story and keep writing it, which yeah. for a lot of writers, they need that to just get yeah, to the that's end. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And then we have some writers that say, my fans figured out the ending, so I'm actually going to change it completely because, like, I'll be darned if, like, yeah. if they get the ending that they think they're going to get. Like, for me, it's about, like, that shock ending. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's also great for readers to be able to connect and, and you know, send messages of positivity to their favorite writers. We've yeah. been really lucky and not lucky. I think there's been a ton of work, but we have an incredibly positive community. Totally. Yeah. What a creative, like, I, I can't imagine how 
much of a like creative release that is as a as a writer and the community obviously helping um but just that example of like completely changing the end of the story i mean wow that that's really it's really has to stretch your imagination right yeah has there been like just for you personally just being in this environment and obviously being someone that is a uh, a lover of writing and stories from an early age like anything that surprised you um working here and being around the community I think for me, I hadn't thought a lot about fan fiction since my teenage years as I went off into my career. And so, you know, worked for over a decade in advertising. Um, And when I was looking to make the switch away from advertising into marketing roles, Wattpad popped up and I realized, oh, fan fiction is very universal. It it was not contained to my generation. Um, I was very um, into one specific fandom, but like not realizing that you know, the world of fan fiction had evolved so much to be about boy bands now. Um, One Direction and BTS are two massive boy bands that have a ton of fan fiction about them on the internet. Um, And now, you know, things with like popular YouTubers and things like that. It's like, it's a way for fans to feel connected to these people without necessarily being able to connect with them um, by writing stories about them. Well, and you must be able to see, or you and the company might must be able to see like where the trends are going based on a lot of the, you know, the work that's being put out there. Definitely. Yeah. We say, we say that all the time to our entertainment partners that we kind of, because it is user generated, we can see the trends before they hit mainstream media. Yeah. And so we can help them make the right bets when it comes to choosing stories because we have the data to prove that, yeah, this is actually a growing category of stories. Totally. Well, I imagine, and then with the movies, like I'd imagine there's that aspect, but then there's just knowing the parts of the story that people, I'd imagine that people are commenting on the most or they're yeah. like you, you take a lot of the risk out of the production. Definitely. Yeah. So we have inline commenting, which is great because then we know exactly which scene paragraph by paragraph is resonating. Yeah. Which ones people are like, oh my gosh, like I did not expect that character to say that or you know, if there's less engagement somewhere, we know that maybe that's not the most vital thing to keep. And so it also, again, helps entertainment folks make a better um, bet onto what is going to resonate. Yeah. So, okay. So on the topic of community and like, we'll, we'll slowly, I think slowly get into this, but just like all the digital noise that we all talk about. I mean, you obviously have a whole other side of you with detox and whatnot. And I totally resonate with that as well. Having produced an app in this space, um, but I, I would, before going there, I'd love to get your perspective on just the community within Wattpad, because I mean, you're seeing a whole other dynamic playing out of, of positivity, right? Yeah. Like helping others, I, not to say, I'm sure there's, there's, there's probably some negative factors or who knows what, if, if people are just mean or again, I don't know, but I'm assuming in general, there's a lot of really good community building taking place that. I mean, wouldn't it be possible without this type of technology, right? Right. So what, what, like, what are you seeing in, in that realm? I think that what I've learned since being here is we have to have a point of view on what we will and will not ex- accept um, yeah. as behavior. And our CEO, Alan, likes to talk a lot about, you know, us, you know, the analogy of us being a restaurant and we will kick out people at the restaurants if we don't like the way they're behaving. And so we that. do, we do give a lot of breath. It's very important for us to pe- that people feel accepted, um, and like they can be their true authentic selves on that platform. So we're very careful in the way that we craft our guidelines, but we have a very, very like a zero tolerance for a number of things that we are just like, 
hate, hate speech? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Breitbart, Breitbart controversies of, you know, with Shopify and all that many years ago, that is not something that we take that same, similar stance where we're like, we're going to let the markets play out and let them decide kind of, yeah. we decide what we think is okay and what is not okay. And we spend a lot of time um, you know, managing that. Mm-hmm. And um, we have an amazing number of ambassadors around the world that also help us with helping manage the community, okay. which has been great. And they're, they're part of the community themselves. They came up in the community, so they understand the dynamics. And then the other thing I think we're seeing a lot of is just like the, the diversity. Um, sure. It's been amazing being such a global company, hearing from, you know, users. We've had users write in from countries that are going through war and saying, you know, I only get a couple hours of internet a week, and every time the internet comes back on, I rush to download my favorite stories on Wattpad because it's a way I can escape what's happening in my day-to-day life. Wow. Like, that's yeah. powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it's really important to us that we take such good care of those people, and we make sure that they have the right experience when they do log in. That's powerful. I wrote, I mean, I, I just wrote that down, escaping through stories. And I, there's so many different examples I can think of of how that can just completely change someone's life yeah right it's powerful um just regarding you and you being an expert in marketing and you know advertising and all that that space like for anyone that's coming that a maybe new in a role like that and leading leading marketing for for an organization or someone that's been it for a while and looking to refresh like what are some of the questions that you ask yourself to be awesome at your job I think a lot of what I think about is the intersection of um, the marketplace and the company. What's our unfair advantage? What do we have that no one else has? What are the other competitors doing? Um, What's happening culturally is a huge part of that. Um, And so I also like to think about something I learned from an old boss of mine. What's the monster we're fighting here? Ooh, I like that. So it's this idea that like it's that big cultural shift that's happening that we're fighting against. And the example that we always used with um, past clients when I was in my agency life is when Mini launched in North America, we were in this phase of like uh, SUVs and Hummers being like big is better, big is luxury, big is, you know, how you show that you're important. And here's Mini saying actually big is bad. Yeah. And big is not what we want to be. And so for them, the monster they were fighting was this overconsumption culture that was happening. And so their marketing and their advertising really focused in on why small and why mini was so much better. Well, so side note for listeners and yourself, uh, many, and many people probably don't know, though, many of the, the virtual interviews that have been conducted actually took place in what I call the Mini Cooper studio <laughs> in, in my driveway, hot link to the Wi-Fi. So there's great sound in those cars as well. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so shout out to Mini Coopers all around the world. Um, Emma, I'd love to transition into just how you're balancing, obviously living in the digital world, um, working in, with an organization that is, is very much online, obviously, and there's a ton of benefits as we discussed, but then there's this whole other side of like how we're just always connected. And I mean, we don't have to, you know, regurgitate that everyone kind of knows, mm-hmm. like how are, how are you balancing that time and keeping your mind somewhat clear? And so you can, so you can be really good at, at your job, but then you just life in general, right? Yeah. Um, I think a big part of what works for me is um, 
not relying on my brain as much to manage all of my tasks. So I do Ooh, a lot like of that. things that, you know, calendar reminders, um, you know, things that allow me to not have to remember to do the thing. Um, so I, I remember a friend of mine kind of taught me that where she said, you know, I have a reminder in my calendar that pops up every two weeks to check in on my friends. Okay. And like, yeah. that sounds a little clinical when you look at it on the surface, but actually it's like, she knows that that's the tool and strategy that works for her. And she's doing it because she wants to connect with a friend. She wants to be intentional yeah. about that and make sure it doesn't slip through the cracks. And so I've always thought about that in terms of like, if I know a friend is like going to the doctor for a scary test result on a certain day, I have a calendar reminder to check in on that person. Okay. So that I think really helps me because those tools allowed me to free my mind up from having to worry about keeping track of all that stuff. Sure. Um, which then allows me to separate away from the phone from yeah. time to time. Yeah. And where does reset fit into this? And, you know, the, the whole detox at the care camp is, was it camp detox? It was originally called Camp Reset. And okay. then two years ago, we sort of evolved and dropped the camp and just went with reset. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, how did that all come about? And, you know, I guess, you know, what are your predictions in, in the future? Not necessarily for reset, but just in general in this, in this yeah. space. Um, there's obviously a reason why you guys started that up. Yeah. I think, um, I'll just provide some context sure. to you on reset. Um, I, I didn't come up with the idea. I had an amazing friend, Andrew Peak, and two other friends that I, um, one I actually knew, but one I didn't, uh, who's yeah. now both close friends, Negan Serafi and Hima Batavia, uh, sent out a message said, hey, we heard about this camp in the US called Camp Grounded. Um, okay. And when we looked into it, it just sounded really neat. And there's nothing like that here in Canada. And we want to start something inspired by this. So Camp Grounded, similar idea, it is a digital detox camp for adults. Um, okay. And so that was sort of the jumping off point for us. But it was very much like, how do we make this, you know, our own thing? Um, and so they invited a bunch of people in to help create Camp Reset. Okay. And that was five years ago. And um, the first year we had 100 people join. And we did it in like five or six months. Like it was pretty crazy to, to plan a three day event. Yeah. Um, starting from absolute scratch, like five to six months earlier. Totally. Um, and then year two, we did um, two 100 person weekends back to back, which was very tiring, but also exciting. Because <laughs> you wanted to challenge yourself. <laughs> yeah. For us, it was every, every year was an experiment. So year one was like, can we pull this off? Yeah. What does this look like? Year two is like, what happens if we take two different groups of people through the exact same experience? What is consistent and what changes? Okay. Um, Great prompts, by the way. Yeah. And then year three was really, what happens if we scale this? So we grew it to 250. Wow. Um, and so that was really, every year started with sort of a big question for us. Sure. And I think... It was funny, year one, planning a digital detox camp, but having never really gone through that process myself, I didn't know fully what to expect. And then while we were there, phones away for three days, locked up, being like, wow, like time has slowed down so much. Yeah. I felt like seven days packed into three. And what ended up happening that we hadn't fully anticipated was the depth of the community that came out of that first weekend. We hadn't, we had gotten to the point of planning the event. We hadn't really thought about what happens after. Okay. And what happened after is people were so deeply connected with each other because they had had all these amazing moments when they weren't distracted by their devices. Yeah. It's really, really interesting when you're 
in a space with someone and you don't have your phone to look at as a clutch or yeah. a crutch, sorry, or, or you're totally connect. You're actually you have connected. to connect. Yeah. And the types of conversations you end up having are really interesting. Um, and one of the other things that we had set out with reset is no real names. Okay. So everyone had nicknames. I was red. It's awesome. Um, and no work talk. So everyone left that weekend having these incredibly deep connections with people, not knowing who they were, yeah. not knowing what they did, trying to figure out who they were on Facebook now so they could connect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we started this, you know, closed Facebook group for everyone. And just the outpouring of response was crazy. And suddenly we realized we had this incredible community on our hands made up of really amazing people that are doing wonderful things in their lives. Um, and so that was when we kind of realized like, oh, we need to start like managing this community a bit too. Yeah. It's interesting. I, when you're, you're talking about like the no names and, and no jobs and titles and things like that, I was thinking, uh, about a men's group experience I had, mm-hmm. uh, in between, New York and Boston and it was like literally 50 men in a circle uh it was like a weekend but like kind of a two and a half day type weekend and same thing like well, we we could use our regular names but the the main thing I noticed was that by taking away like oh what does that person do and like you had people from like Manhattan and flying in like all over the place and then to your point at the end you're trying to connect and I'm like whoa like that guy Right. That guy's like the CEO, which would have completely changed Absolutely. the way you interact, right? Like whether you're whether you want to do that or not, you your mind flips into that world, or like, okay, where where are we drawing? I don't know, parallels, or is there something there d- down the road? Where Creates we expectations like, on yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. But I also think on a personal level, it allows you to step out of maybe your day to day persona, the armor you have oh, to wear in that for, role. Yeah, um, right. And so it allows people to be a bit more free. And I think um, not only does the digital detox uh, extend to your phones, it extended to cameras. So suddenly you have this incredibly safe space where, you know, more and more as we're being caught on camera everywhere we go, everything's tracked. Google, Facebook, the government knows everything. Um, This is a space where that actually isn't true. And we had like one Polaroid camera that we had to ask permission and for consent every time we took a photo of anyone that would be in that. And those are tucked away safely, all those photos. But it also allowed people to just, we had people, we did like costume parties and then people were dressing up and like in ways that they probably wouldn't have if they knew that like sure. it would be shared on Facebook or Instagram yeah. later. Just lets people be yeah. essentially. Yeah. So do you think there's, are like, are there any other ways you think we can tap into that type of a vibe in, I mean, there's for sure you can go and do more of these weekends, but like any other ways that you've thought post these experience to kind of get that same feeling of I'd imagine and, and please share but I would, I'd imagine you go in there kind of ultra triggered almost maybe mm-hmm. or like charged just with daily life and I'd imagine you come out just feeling like Phew. yeah yeah for sure um I mean I think the phones are like the biggest problem yeah. you are tethered to this device that every notification every ping you kind of like the little cortisone shot of like, oh, what is that? Yeah. And so um, for me, it's like almost all notifications are turned off on my home log. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I check my phone enough. I'm not going to miss anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then being really intentional about putting away when I'm with people. So I've gotten, I've used to, a lot of people used to complain that I was pretty 
attached to my phone. Okay. And I think I've gotten to a really good place when I'm with people I care about to like, it goes away and it's away for three to four hours and I'm yeah. here with you. Yeah. Um, and that's really important to me because that, that quality time with people is, you can't get that any other way. Totally. Totally. What are some other practices, uh, that you have that are consistent in your life that help with your mental fitness? I would say I've dabbled in meditation. I'm not as yeah. consistent as I'd like to be, but that yeah. is certainly, especially when I'm feeling heightened uh, emotions like anxiety. Sure. That's the first place I go. Yeah. And I'll do some meditation. What do you do? Let's get tactical. Um, are you using headspace, any apps? Headspace? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, I think that certainly helps when I need it as like an emergency situation. Um, the other things for me is just uh, making sure I sleep enough. I'm, I love my sleep. Yeah. Um, Working out, I work out three to four times a week if I can. Sure. Um, and I think one of the things I do uh, quite a bit mentally is just t- thinking about what I'm grateful for. So I try every day to, to do the, what are the three things I'm really excited about? And, and flipping that, if I'm complaining about something in my mind, like how do I flip that into, okay, well, what's the opportunity here? What's the thing I could be grateful sure. for? Uh, and trying to okay. rewire that. So yeah. I don't know. It's like pretty, I would yeah. say like they're pretty standard fitness. I don't have any like secrets, but. No, but that's, I mean, again, I think what's powerful in talking about these things and whether they're, they're standard practice. Well, it's, first of all, it's amazing to hear someone say these are standard practices. Yes. Like we, we were joking right <laughs> before hitting record. Like at, there was a point I couldn't even use the word journaling. Yeah. Uh, journaling. So, so that's cool. Um, but I think where this stuff gets really powerful is when you put the practices, uh, the prompts and all of these type of things in context yeah. with like your life and your type of work and that, and that's the whole point of the show is to show that, you know, you're, you're not a meditation coach or a yoga instructor where a lot of the, those roles you would expect that. Yeah. Right. So it's just showing that like anyone has access to this stuff. I mean, even you, you're, you're sharing um, one of the past guests, Darren Austin Hall, where we talked about sound yeah. healing, right, came into to Wattpad uh, recently. Why don't, you, yeah, why don't you just share a bit of that experience? Yeah, so he came to Reset. Um, okay. And then I, what I was sharing is we have someone on my team that actually does sound, sound oh, baths as well. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. she, so she does it here, which is amazing. Okay. Um, yeah, but he came to Reset a couple years ago and did a sound bath, and it, I was sharing just how beautiful his voice is, and again, like, that yeah. whole experience is amazing, and I love that it's becoming more mainstream, so, yeah. you know, someone on my team does feel comfortable enough at WAPAD to offer this up, and the fact that we had, you know, she had 20 to 30 people show up at a session, oh, only cool. two of them had ever been to a sound bath before, yeah. and everyone else is kind of like... I don't know what I'm getting myself into, uh, a little nervous, like what should I wear, what, you know, yeah. <laughs> all those questions, um, and coming out the other side and being like, wow, that was really relaxing. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's not a tool, but like this, um, there's two things I credit a lot to. One is the network of people I built up. Sure. So through Reset, I have met some amazing people, people like Darren Austin Hall and others that are always kind of on that edge exploring new things. Um, One example is um, a friend of mine, Jen Mansell, who's now doing a lot of breathwork ceremonies. Mm. And I've gone to a couple of those because I'm just curious as to what they are like. And and she's certainly been pushing the edge and she's probably one of the more um, more active breathwork coaches in Toronto now, which is amazing. Breathwork has literally come up, I would say, in the last 
10 episodes in a row. Amazing. It's, yeah. It's unreal. It's crazy to think like, um, and I, I've been doing it as well, but like how we just don't even think about our breath. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely. literally keeps us alive. I know. Right. It's so important. And it's, um, what did I read that there's, um, when you're looking down at your phone or looking at a digital device, your breathing actually goes into, um, this like it fight or flight right? yeah. response. Your body thinks you're under stress, yeah. even just by looking at yeah. that. So being really conscious about your breathing totally. during your day is important. Um, so the, the network has certainly been uh, super important. And then just a curiosity to, to try new things. I feel yeah. like I'm constantly leaping into unknowns. And I'm always like, even this, I'm like, I don't know what I could possibly talk about that's interesting, but I'm just going to leap. Yeah. And, well, hope and that here appears. we are. Though. <laughs> yeah. that's, these, are the, these are the conversations I like the most because, and you're not the first person to say that. I'd be like, you know, I don't know if I have these practices. And there's like... A, you've provided probably about 10 really awesome reflective prompts that people could use in their in their journaling or however they're reflecting. And B, just a ton of different practices. So first of all, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. For, for being curious and, and open. <laughs> and leaping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's Mark. Just want to take a few seconds to first thank you for listening and offer a free one-on-one 30-minute virtual mental fitness coaching session with me. Okay, so what's the catch? It's literally three minutes of your time to provide a review of the show. They are so important. So the first three people to screenshot the review and DM me or tag behind the human on Instagram will get a message back from me to set up a time for a session. Thank you so much and back to the show. What really inspires me about this space is that and then just in in society in general, people, I think, are starting to just drop the definitions. Yes. Right? And being, to your point, open and curious and just like, what like what do we have to lose? I right. Mean, what we're currently doing is not working. <laughs> That's right? so true. Clearly. <laughs> right? And, the, and, and the, like even the sound healing stuff, like it's not, when you start thinking about it, you're like, well, yeah, like think about how much music impacts us. Mm-hmm. Right. And like there's, t- and there's ton of su- tons of science to back all this stuff up. But like it starts getting to the point, at least for me, that like, well, obviously this stuff works and, it, and it's not like it's new. Like yeah. that's been around for thousands of years, just like journaling and meditation. It's just, I feel like now the, like the context is starting to change or the narrative around these things, you know, they're changing. And the need, like yeah, totally. people needing this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to try or that is kind of on the list of experimenting with? Um, I can tell you the thing that scares the bejesus out of me that I probably won't ever sure. do is ayahuasca. Yeah. But I've had a lot of friends that do that. Totally. Very, very powerful experiences for them. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm curious in going back to breath work. Cause the first time I, I went, I had a very, very powerful experience. And I would okay. say like, I'm, I'm a realist, yeah. uh, of all my friends, I probably err on the more, you know, I would say like the more business cautious. realist okay. side yeah. of things, like not necessarily believing in, and uh, you know, everything I read, yeah. not that they are, that came out wrong, but you no, know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Willing to like trust trust in the process let's say um but yeah I had a hugely powerful experience that like I was like I cannot believe that I went into such a meditative almost like I was 
on something stayed yeah. just from breathing. Um, and so when I went back the second time, I actually had a really hard time dropping into anything. Um, and I think it's cause mm. I had expectations, yeah, expectations placed. Yeah. yeah. So I want to keep exploring that because I think yeah. I need to like, I need to do some releasing of letting go of that expectation as to what this needs to be. Totally. Um, and just see if I can get back there naturally. Just drop into the practice. Yeah. Cause yeah, I've heard, uh, I haven't had this myself, but I've heard that you can get to kind of like those ayahuasca states with like really intense breath work. Yeah. Um, did you do it in a group or yeah. on your own or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jen does a monthly like facilitation session. Okay. Gotcha. How many people were in the group? I'm curious. 20. Wow. 20 okay. to 30. Yeah. See, I've never done that. I've like, I've been using Wim Hof's uh, yes. app. Um, well, I shouldn't even say, I mean, I did his, his online training and then I really don't really use the app anymore, but just by myself, like lying mm. on the ground type thing. But there's, there's something to be said with like just like a meditation or anything group wise like you kind of vibe off that that energy right yeah absolutely and i think what she does which i really like is every month has a different theme so if the theme is resonating with you like you know show up and it's also really interesting because you have people around you having very vocal experiences at times yeah i remember the first time someone was just laughing like uncontrollably and while it wasn't distracting to my experience it it complimented or enhanced it slightly. Totally. So it's like, oh, someone's having a really good time. Good. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It. Um, you might want to take a look. It's uh, the group from Yes Theory. Um, I think there's three or four of them. Just a, a group of guys in Venice Beach, California. They really exploded as, as YouTubers, but just covering all these different interesting experiences. Oh, and they went out with, with Wim Hof to his... Um, I guess it's in Amsterdam or wherever he is, yeah. but same thing. Like they, and they, they recorded the experience and like some people were like just like shaking and others were to your point laughing. People were crying. Like yeah. it's wild that like people have such different experiences with this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I'd love to start getting some of your reflective prompts. I mean, you've left some, uh, for sure, but are there any questions that you feel that you have in your life that are, you're either reflecting on on a, on a frequent basis or or during big like life-changing events that you sit back and and like answer this question type thing um one of my favorite um sort of personality tests i've done is a saboteurs quiz okay i don't know if you're familiar no. with that so the idea is um everyone has 10 saboteurs that exist in their head. And it's, okay. it's from when you're a child and those actually help protect you as a child. Yeah. But as you grow up into an adult, they no longer serve you. And really they're just like the voices in your head that tell you sure. you're not good enough or will help you with self-sabotaging yeah. behavior. Um, and you do this online test. Um, I believe it's called um, Positive Intelligence. Okay. Is the I name have of the heard website. of that then. Okay. Yeah. And it tells you uh, out of those which ones are more high ranking. So for me, one of the things I have that I have actually printed out on my computer and a little sticky note tapped, taped right to my display is who is showing up right now. And it's my top four saboteurs. Um, And so I can look down and be like, oh, there's my like perfectionist tendency showing up or here's my pleaser looking for approval. So Um, what do you do then? Like, so you, obviously that's amazing. You have identified and then is it for you, you just... Okay, it's there and release it or, or yeah, shift exactly. Or... The whole idea is that you will never get rid of these voices. They don't, yeah. you can't cure yourself of them. They will always be there. What you can get better at is more quickly identifying when you're engaging in that behavior or that saboteur voice. Yeah, and acknowledging it and letting it saying like, 
I see you. I hear you. We don't need to do that right now. You're safe. Sure. Um, And so that's been one of my favorite tools and prompts for myself is like, who's showing up right now? Yeah. Uh, What am I doing that maybe is self-sabotaging? And my favorite thing that I've done is I've made everyone on my team take this quiz and share the results. And so now we have shared language around how we're interacting with each other. So someone on my team might be like, yeah, my hypervigilance is like, really rearing its head right now on this topic. And you're probably like, oh, that just yeah. <laughs> warms my heart that yeah. we're talking this language. Exactly. <laughs> so I love that. Um, and it's been really powerful, I think, for us as a team to okay. also just understand where we are at. Yeah, I'm going to try that out. I'll link to it in the show notes too. Um, any other questions that pop up? And do you journal? I mean, you, there's definitely questions you're thinking about. I never yeah, even asked journal. you. Okay. So when these questions come up, is it just more like you kind of kick back the chair and you're reflecting on yeah. them or take a walk? Or Yeah. I like to, for a while there, I was, I was writing down the three things I was grateful for every day, yeah. but now it's become just like a mental thing where I yeah. think about it. Um, Which I love, by the way, I'm, gl- I'm so happy you said that because again, going back to dropping our definitions, yeah. um, the book I'm writing is, is on journaling and it starts on like it doesn't matter if you're writing this stuff down or leaving audio notes like it the practice is reflection yeah right so i'm so thank you for for saying that because again i think it just it opens up more opportunity for others that may like i don't want to sit down and write in a in a book which that's fine yeah right so, yeah, anyway. exactly. And I would say I'm probably one of those people where I find like the handwriting thing a little tedious. Yeah. My brain is working way faster than my hands. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Sorry, I totally interrupted you there. Any other questions? No, but I think one that's just coming to mind right now that I would love to start asking myself is like, how am I bringing play into my life? Mm. So that's a whole side of reset. You know, aside from the digital detox, there was a huge emphasis on play. Yeah. Um, and playing like a child and playing without, you know, concern for who's watching or what they might think and yeah. just getting silly. Yeah. Um, and so I'm grateful that a lot of my friends and I are interested in just playing and we'll have, you know, themed parties where like uh, at one point in my time, a bunch of my friends lived three houses down from each other. And so one house was the nice house and one house was the naughty house. Okay. And That's we awesome. had like... We, we always joke that we have no chill because like we can't help but program yeah. events for ourselves. So, um, yeah, we totally turned like just a regular get together into like a naughty, nice theme. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, I should say when I was signing in to see you, I mean, your photo is you in some sort of unicorn. It's a unicorn suit, onesie. <laughs> so there's definitely some play in your life. That's true. Yeah. And and I love that I can work at a company where I can use that as yeah. my Like, oh, yeah, image. that's who I'm going to see. Which yeah. The one with the horns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, last question for you, what, you know, all said and done, like what truly makes you smile each day? I think just, um, connecting with people and, um, full circle, full circle community. Yeah. And then also the sun because it's streaming in here beautifully right now. I have noticed that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big lover of sunsets. I like, I I like to joke that I'm always looking up to the sky. So for me. Seeing sunsets and seeing just beautiful sky is always so amazing. Well, I mean, I can't think of a better place to cap off the the interview than that. Let's leave people with, um, whether it's happening in the physical world or you can visualize it, a beautiful sun ray coming in and uh, just connecting with great people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. 